first and foremost, anyway, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's a little bit of a crazy week. Last week was nuts too, but I wasn't feeling great. I was a little lethargic being all anemic and stuff. So, but doing better now. Reamped on the iron pills, you know, how it goes. So, but yeah, no, I'm overall doing well. Just like uh, knocking out a few things before I start uh, my weekend, which is going to be nuts. Um, how are you doing? I'm alive. Hey. <laughs> that's something. So, so, so that's the thing. I'm, 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 I'm grateful for that. Right. But, but that's, uh, that's, that's, that's how I'm dealing right now. <laughs> but I hear you. Some days, weeks, months are like that. <laughs> Just like I'm alive. Oh, yeah. So like you're a younger lady and everything. I'm a, I'm a old man compared to the younger people and whatnot. But like today and yesterday i had to go get acupuncture done and then and then i just came from a chiropractor and shit so 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 that's like i don't never felt that experience in my life and then like you think of acupuncture you know you see the shit on tv motherfucker got needles and shit they're gonna stab you yeah, make you look like a pin cushion and shit, whatever. But like, I went in there, laid on the table, didn't feel a goddamn thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I think typically you're not supposed to feel a whole lot when it comes to that. It's more like stimulation when they do the puncture. And um, if you do feel something, I mean, uh, something probably wrong. Yeah, it probably hit a nerve or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like the first, first, because I, you know, I got this nice shiny dome or whatever. First needle he did, bow right on top of the head. I was like, whoa. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, yeah, because like I didn't feel it or whatever, but it's just like the fact that he hit me right there. Cause like what I because you don't feel the needle going in. Right. The only thing that you recognize is the the tap of the needle. Like whenever you tap it in or whatever or whatever. Right, 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 right. But it's fucking weird. <laughs> well, did you enjoy it though overall? I mean Yeah, I took a nice little nap. Yeah. <laughs> Just laid out on the table, full of needles and shit. And they, uh, <laughs> then they, then they hook a car battery up to that joint, and they, <laughs> they shock you and shit. So you had to, you had to put a level on that. There's like, all right, I'm gonna start cranking it up, and you tell me when to stop. So my damn muscles in my neck is like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, all right, this cool. <laughs> <laughs> now I do see what you were saying, though. I am starting to hear myself a little bit yeah i can put headphones i have like big headphones Uh, i can put on you got the ones with the cat ears no i do not (laughs) they are gaming headphones so (laughs) word okay i mean they might as well have cat ears this is a sight to see (laughs) can you hear me okay Oh yeah, yeah, you sound great. Okay, so, perfect. Uh, I seen um a little snippet of an interview that you did not too long ago or whatever. And it mm-hmm. was talking about just how you almost trained in secret for yes. uh, prof- professional wrestling before you let anybody know that you was actually doing that shit. And it mm-hmm. was more like uh, you know, if I'm a fail, I'm a fail on my own rather than be like, All right, this is what I'm doing, and then you know, I just kinda <laughs> you know. Right. So that was pretty much like the whole philosophy behind this thing. It's like, all right, because what if I do this shit 
and I don't like it. And then I told everybody I'm going to do it. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, like, for me, I, I really respect wrestling. And oh, the yeah. way that I approach it, um, you get a lot of talk in wrestling and, and in life. And people will say they're going to do all these things, right? And the way that I wanted to approach it was that I didn't want to tell people what I was going to do. I was going to show them what I've done and what I can do. Wow. Like the proof is in the pudding kind of a thing, you know? Like I didn't want to sit there and talk all day about like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to – because you know what? So many people say that and there are a lot of people trying to break into the you know independent scene who aren't very well trained, who don't have a lot of experience and you know they backyard wrestle or God forbid they get on a promotion or something like that. And I have a lot of friends that are indie wrestlers, you know, that are professionals that make their living off of it. And it is such a difficult field to be in, um, just being able to be skilled at it that I didn't want to go out there and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And then if I fail, like, not only am I going to be crushed inside, but, like, I don't want to disappoint people, and I don't want to be another one of those people that think they can do it because, oh, my God, look at how hard could it be. Like, it's not easy. It's incredibly difficult. And yes. out of respect for that, instead of talking about what I wanted to do and what I was going to do, I just wanted to show it. And so that's what I did. That's why my first promo essentially had zero talking from me, except for at the end when Mr. Valiant, Jimmy Valiant, comes in and asks if I'm ready to start um, my match and training. Uh, other than that, I don't talk because I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to explain. If I had done my job, if I had done what I had set out to do properly, then I wouldn't need to say anything. I could just show it. And that's why the promo video was the way that it was. My first one was just me in the ring with my head trainer. And that basically explained everything to those that I was trying to tell. Word, word. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I you know, first of all, I applaud you and everything because you, you're doing something that I have only dreamed of as like a young <laughs> child and shit. So whatever. So I, you know, mad respect for that for you putting your body on the line essentially for our entertainment and shit so you know yeah. props to you and uh you know i feel like you know the respect thing that you were talking about or whatever because it's just been like i've worked with a whole bunch of indie promotions and shit and i can remember the first time that i actually you know put a ring together mm -hmm. and i was just like nervous and shook as fuck because like <laughs> you know i'm a put this thing together and people are going to perform in it later you know yeah. it, and it was just like that whole aspect of it is just like we, even when we got the corner post up and everything we start to put the the apron around and whatnot once we got the the boards and the mat on there i did not step on the apron whatsoever i, I did everything from the outside or whatever because like right. i felt like i wasn't worthy enough to like step foot inside of a ring and shit and right it was just like ooh. Just butterflies and shit. Just this thing <laughs> that I saw as a little bitty kid, just like right here in front of me and shit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of reverence um, when you respect the art form in that way. You, It is. It, it's, it's awe-inspiring. 
even the most basic things, like you said, setting up a ring, when you get in there and you realize the mechanics of what it takes to set up a ring, you know, when we as fans just watch a show, it's already done, boom, bam, like there. ready to go, right? But like when you sit there and take the time to set it up, you realize not only how complicated it is, but like what could go wrong we, what could go wrong right one hook the wrong way one bungee cord one board misplaced like one loose rope you know oh, yeah. it, uh, there's so many things that can make it even more dangerous than it already is and it's not like it's not danger free if, even if it's 100 percent set up because you know those plywood boards like those like, that go under there there's not a whole lot that goes between a body and that you know yeah, nah. so yeah and then that was like even just the board aspect of it just like, all right so it bowls this way so now i gotta flip it that side and mm -hmm. just all right you can't put them all right there you gotta move some over um fucking piecing together the mat and shit just yep crazy so, shit it's a lot of mechanics <laughs> wrestling is so intricate and i think that's something that's not really realized it's like oh i'm watching this person they're dressed up they do a flip they do this they that's so easy and it's like there's so much micro mechanics into every single thing that we do from the ring to the person to the referee the announcer like everyone everything mm -hmm. so i need you to tell me the shock or you know just how how'd your nervous system feel the very first time you took a bump on that mat because <laughs> i know for me <laughs> that shit was like what the fuck just happened <laughs> right um i well having been around wrestling previously um i don't know that i was so shocked as far as the the impact and things like that, I think more so I was already in my head, like, okay, it's game time. Like, what did they say? How do I do what with my hands? How do I flip my wrists? Like, how am I split? Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, obviously no one's taken a great first bump. It's never yeah. happened. Like, it's just not going to happen. But I was already so in my head about everything that I was supposed to do that it didn't even register of like the shock of like, ah, oh, like, Whoa, what was that? I was immediately like, all right, I messed that up. I need to do it again. Like, let's go. From yeah. <laughs> I was already ready to go. I wanted to get it down. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I think a lot about the intricacies of wrestling. So even in my first, I mean, I loved it. I was so excited, but that's why I was like, all right, now I got to do it again and do it better because I was like, it's game time. Like, let's, let's do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can remember messing myself up because like, I, I took that first bump. I went down and I was like, oh shit, I did it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but that didn't feel good. So I must have did it right. wrong. Oh <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. And then then I, I made the also made the mistake of a, drinking a, a pre-workout before I went to do a wrestling training. So that was uh, <laughs> that was no good. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely had a bruise, like a pretty good bruise on my lower back after my first like day of taking bumps and stuff, just taking them wrong, you know, like <laughs> my lower back was bruised. I think the first time I really had a shock of like, ouch, like, holy crap from a move, like from a spot was the first time that I took a scoop slam wrong. Oh, I hate them shits. Ah. <laughs> oh. Because you know that like when you're inverted, you're posting, you're about to go. Like if you don't exhale, if you hold your breath, which most new students do because they're like, I'm upside down, I'm about to get slammed into the <laughs> ground. Like if you don't go, ah, 
or just something and you slam with that like ca- chest cavity full of air on that oh, mat man. like you will knock the wind out of you and i sure did too i knocked the wind out of myself i was like oh and they're like are you okay i'm like i just i just can't talk right now <laughs> I have, I, have, I have the ability the ability to talk is gone so yeah the first time i really knocked the wind out of myself good on a slam that's when i was like oh god ouch yeah and i don't i don't know what it is about it, for me personally it's like power bomb me suplex me you know back body drop me do whatever you want but right. don't scoop slam me because like for whatever reason i just i hated that so damn much and then they found it out that i hated it so they 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 uh they did uh freaking intervals on me. So they took the short guy, the next taller guy, then the tall guy. Right. And damn, they all stood in the corner. I came out of the corner, opposite, scoop slam, boom. I had to get back up. Then the next one came, scoop slam, boom. Four corners of pain. <laughs> oh, I hated that shit so damn much. <laughs> Yeah, I think the difference between the ones that I have gotten the most rocked by as far as like slam throw, things like that, um, done incorrectly is the scoop slam and then the fall away slam, which is basically like, yeet, there you go. <laughs> and Toss I think this pillow. Yeah, exactly. And the pillow's me across the ring. Um, I think the reason for that, though, when you look at the mechanics of it, because like if you take a good old suplex, you're in control. You're basically in the same position. Same thing with like even a power bomb. You know, I mean, you're in but by the time you're up here like you're boop, ready to go right simple back bump or you know yeah but with the scoop slam you're running up you're getting inverted so you're upside down and really your form is all based on you and you're not in a position where you can like navigate it the way that you would normally like when you're upright you can adjust your position pretty easily but when you're upside down the posting and everything that's all on you so and when you're taking the bump you can't really see yourself as you're going back so it's a lot easier to land wrong in a scoop slam and a fall away slam you just have to have your timing down for that back bump because you're just barrel rolling until you hit the mat (laughs) you really got to get that down but yeah i think those are the ones that um have the more potential for landing wrong because there's so many mm. variables to them versus like a suplex or power bomb. Oh my god! I mean, I can we can sit here and geek out about this shit all day. I know gotta, I could. Gotta move it around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so like professional wrestling is like what you're doing right now, but like you have you know more to you than that or whatnot. So like I'm looking at posts and all kinds of things. You playing music? You doing concerts and shit? What, what's going on here? Yeah, I used to be an electronic musician for many years before I started uh, doing pro wrestling. So I did so a lot. So you talking about like uh, Not quite. <laughs> kind of, but like a little more in like the goth scene. So like oh, goth yeah, electronic, yeah, yeah. like darker stuff. Um, mm-hmm. More towards like Depeche Mode versus like Modest Mouse. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did that for many years and it was cool. Like, you know, I got to play all over the country and... Played in uh, Canada a little bit. And uh, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of parallels between because of both performance. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels between pro wrestling and music because um, they're both performances, like performance Mm -hmm. arts. um, A lot of traveling, a lot of grinding, like, you know, all that merch and fans and everything. So um, I'd say they're like cousins almost. I think um, 
obviously pro wrestling is way more physically demanding and there's a lot more mm. risk and danger to it. Um, well, I don't I know. Think- I don't, I don't seen some of them concerts where they freaking jumping off stages and the mosh pits and all. I mean, it can get a little rowdy. It definitely does. I mean, I've definitely thrown some blows in a mosh pit. I'm not going to lie. But um, I think with wrestling, it's like almost like being in a mosh pit every single night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit more risky. <laughs> Good word, word. So, like... I don't know with those parallels and everything. So whenever it comes to down to doing like promo packages and other things or you know, just, you know, game plan and things like that. I mean, do you feel a little more comfortable because of your musical background and performing on stages and things like that? I think it definitely has an advantage. Um, the history I mean, you're that well it- spoken for me just listening to you this, this, this far. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I, um, I definitely think I have an advantage in certain ways. Um, There are some similarities. However, like wrestling is its own language, its own culture. Mm -hmm. Um, So even though there are things that are similar, um, you definitely have to, I mean, there's nothing to replace just training and getting, you know, the hands-on experience Mm -hmm. of wrestling through shows and just doing it. I, I would say it's like learning how to drive and the u.s and you know how to drive but then you go to like london oh, yeah and you have to drive that car <laughs> so it's kind of like that it's a whole different bag you got to get used to like how to drive on the left side of the road and you know all the local laws and everything like that so if, if you really want to blow your mind you go to another country where they drive on the other side of the road and you get a car that's automatic <laughs> you want right. to blow your goddamn because like uh uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> bl- oh man, it just blows your goddamn mind. Then yeah, I already so- can't drive stick that well either. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can drive one, you've got one up on me because I've I'm all automatic. But yeah, I'd say uh, music is like driving in New York, and pro wrestling is Scary. like driving in India, <laughs> which is even worse. Oh, man, <laughs> I went to New York. For my very first time for the WrestleMania that they had in MetLife Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I took a Uber into the heart of New York. Mm-hmm. And it was nerve wracking on so many goddamn levels because one, you know, it's an Uber. I mean, you don't know who the hell gonna, you know, roll up. Right. So dude picked me up. He's like, hey, uh, I need to make a stop first. And I'm like, what? the fuck you mean <laughs> you taking me somewhere and you got to make stops i mean I but he it. had to get gas and shit so, so i mean right. all right understandable all right we i can't be stalled out on side of the road with you somebody i don't know right so get the gas then we go into the heart of the city on these narrow ass roads that's already nerve-wracking then they have the nerve to have cars parked on either side of this narrow ass road mm-hmm. and then this dude is just like Dominic Toretto in his way through the streets and shit. Yep. And I'm just like in the backseat, like, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what, shit. Music, that's what music's like. And then pro wrestling's like driving in India, whereas in New York, they have traffic lanes that aren't used very much. And in India, there are no traffic lanes. You just go for it and hope for the best. <laughs> that's what pro yep. wrestling's like to me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, by how long have you been doing the pro wrestles? 
Um, I started training almost a year ago. It'll be on February 6th that I uh, started my first training. Um, I did go to a session a few weeks before that with the school um, previously, but uh, it didn't work out with that school simply because they just didn't want to train women. So I ended up at Boogie's BWC and that was on February 6th. So almost a year. That sounds like a pleasant place. Boogie's. Boogie's. Yeah, the Boogie Woogie Man. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just like um, so far. I mean, you're only a year or so in, mm -hmm. and everything. Do you feel like wh what do you feel like is your area of improvement thus far, or whatever, or something that you felt like when you first started you weren't very good at, but you feel like you pretty much got a grasp on it now? Um, man, there are so many things because I'm just always working on stuff. Uh, I'd say working with heights, I've definitely got a lot better at. I was definitely more timid of heights before I started, but that's something that I chose to mm -hmm. want to push through. Um, so I'm always working on that. I'd say um, just thinking on my feet, um, you have to think about a lot of factors when you're in the ring um, in milliseconds. Like yeah. you have to think about the psychology of the match, where it's been like starting off, where it's going, like what the end result is that you want to see as far as like the progression of the intensity and stuff without like exhausting yourself. Um, also what you can do on the fly, what you're set up for right now, what that sets you up for, for the next, like the next thing that you want to do. I mean, it's all of these things simultaneously mm -hmm. and also engaging the crowd, you know, being aware of your environment. And for me, I have, uh, so much shit. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I have, um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So in the beginning, like Typically, like with my brain, like when it gets all these things firing at once and it hits that overwhelm part, it shuts down like mm -hmm. completely like it's like a hard reboot on an old computer where you just like accidentally hit your foot on the power button and oh shit, everything's gone. Right. And so that would happen to me a lot in the beginning where I'd be in there and I'd be thinking, okay, da, 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 and then it just go, woo, and I'd be like, what was I doing? And I'm in the middle of the ring. Right. And I'm yeah. like, what was I doing? Like I completely forgot everything. Um, but that just comes with experience um, and just, you know, going through things just over and over and over repeating it until it yeah. becomes muscle memory and then that doesn't happen as much so that was something that really bothered me in the beginning because i was so frustrated because like i know what i'm supposed to do mm. like i know like i've been told like i've seen it like it's right there it's in there but i couldn't get it out I i'd say like my brain would lock up like i couldn't get it at that moment right but mm. that's gotten a lot better over the last year and it, things have become a lot smoother um which is really cool you know because like i'm not one of those people that like takes intellectual differences and things like that and likes to be like, oh, well, I can't do it because blah, blah, blah. Like I might have to do it a different way than yeah. the way that some other people are going to do it, but like that's not going to stop me. So the fact that I was able to find my own method to the madness to be able to <laughs> like, you know, function as well as every, everyone else, like I was, I was really happy with that because it can be frustrating sometimes when your brain doesn't do what you want it to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I know the feeling. <laughs> Like, so, you know, within the time span that you've been um, wrestling and training and everything, mm -hmm. do you feel more comfortable sitting down with whoever you're going to be working with, you know, and kind of discuss some things beforehand or just kind of filling it out as you go? 
Oh yeah, no, I absolutely love to discuss things. Um, especially if it's someone that I'm not familiar with, you know, as I've been wrestling, uh, in different States for different promotions that I haven't worked with previously. Um, there are people that I might not be familiar with on the indie scene. There's a lot of wrestlers in the indie scene. You know what I mean? I can't keep up oh, with yeah. everybody. Um, and so because of that, I do like to touch base with everyone, you know, and just say like, Hey, like what, what are you into? Like, what's your style? What are your couple of your moves? Like what's your finish? Like, what do you, what do you like to do? Because wrestling is so diverse. Like I could mm -hmm. be wrestling a straight brawler one match and then be put up against a Lucha the next match, completely different <laughs> styles. Right. Yeah. And the sizes of the people could be different too. They could be my size or they could be giant or they could be really, you know, it does, there's all types of people in wrestling. So I definitely like to touch base and kind of talk it over a little bit and just see like where the middle ground is as far as styles go. Um, where we can kind of bridge the gap because I think it helps make things a little bit more fluid um, when you can find those little connecting points. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I <laughs> all right. So I, I, I got a question that I want to ask, but I, I just got to prop it up in my mind. I, my mind is all over the place too. So, <laughs> all right. Being that, you know, it is independent wrestling or whatever. I mean, you got people coming from all over the different places or whatever to converge on this one place to do the business. Mm -hmm. um, you may not have a, uh, you know, time to sit down and go over things or whatever, because a person probably coming in hot off the plane, out of the car, into the arena, you mm -hmm. know, five minutes before go time or whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, do you feel like right now with everything that you've learned in the time that you've been, uh, wrestling that you can handle you know those situations or yeah i mean there's definitely been situations in which i've had to like come into a match last minute or get set up with someone last minute like things like that do happen um i think most wrestlers that have some experience um especially if they're working with someone new or if they're not familiar with they do try to take at least like a quick second um, if they can, sometimes you just can't, but I, if they can to get in there or to get with a you know person and just kind of discuss a little bit, because it's not just about like making things look good too. It's a major safety risk. And if you're just hot off the plane coming in, you don't know who you're wrestling. Like you don't know what they can do and they can't, and they might try to do something to you that they are not, they shouldn't be doing. Um, so, you know, I think people like generally speaking, you know, they do try to take a little bit of time to touch base if they can, if not though, yeah, you just go in and do it and you just get in there and you talk as you go and, uh, figure it out. And, uh, I am one of those people that have no problem saying no, if I don't feel comfortable with something, um, either doing it or, you know, taking something, um, based off of the person's Scoop experience. Scoop <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll take a scoop slam as long as you know how to do it. If it's your no, first I'm time getting you, no, one, I don't do I'm it. not getting dropped on my neck because as you'll see, even something as basic as a scoop slam, which you learn pretty early on, can mm -hmm. still get, I mean, I saw a botched scoop slam in uh, NXT like mm, a month or two ago, and uh, that was on the person taking it. They didn't post high enough, and of course, if you don't do that, there's no leverage, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, any everything can be messed up. So if it's something where there's something at risk, like your neck or something really fragile like that, I do. Um, I like to observe my opponents. I like to watch if I have the chance. And if I don't, and I don't, if 
you can tell a person's experience based off of their body language in the ring mm -hmm. and their even just the way they stand in the beginning, like their lockup and stuff. The lockup is not only uh, a position starting out for a fight for power, but you really get a feel for your opponent for the first time. Mm -hmm. And you can tell a lot about a person by their lockup, you know, just how their body feels, their body language. Um, but yeah, if I don't feel comfortable with something, I just say, nah, you ain't gonna do that. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm like 135 pounds. So there's about this much between my bones and that mat. So if you screw <laughs> it up, you ain't got a lot of padding to protect me with. I just don't have a lot here. <laughs> so like uh, you, you just mentioned like how you, you know, observe, you watch some things on NXT and everything. What was your relationship like with professional wrestling before you actually tried to become professional wrestler? Well, I originally got into wrestling um, with the Attitude Era, um, and it was more of the hardcore stuff that was pulled from ECW that got me into that. As an adult, um, big fan of the hardcore deathmatch scene, um, so that's most of what I watched. Um, but yeah, I, I watch a lot of the smaller promotions. Um, I'm, I haven't watched a ton, like I don't watch a ton of the WWE and AEW, I watch it here and there, and I love like the Usos and Sami Zayn. On, I love that storyline. I love all of them individually. When they came together, I was like, "Yay!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as far as like that Impact, Ring of Honor, I'll watch it here and there. But I, I really like watching the stuff that you'll find on like IWTV or even just YouTube mm -hmm. clips. You know, some of the stuff that's on Fight and whatnot. I like watching the smaller, um, because by the time you get to the big, yeah like the top of the top everything's so polished and clean that it's really structured around whatever the i don't want to say popular thing is but whatever the trend is at that point in wrestling and there's not a whole lot of room for creativity unless it was a signature move that they came in with and that bothers me because i like creativity i like seeing things from a different perspective and i i like even something as simple as the international and seeing something in it that spices it up because you can yeah. take these very basic i mean god i just watched a match oh, i think it was maybe bret hart and kurt henning someone like that and it, it was just headlocks and like strikes yeah. and, but they were so polished as far as being comfortable in the move that they could be creative with it whereas in wwe they just do the move and go on to the next thing intensity intensity into right like just like really fast pace but for them they added finesse to it because they were so skilled at those moves and it made it i mean the crowd just pop it just be another yeah. headlock and then take down to the mat and the crowd just and i was losing my mind you know it's <laughs> that creativity that i really value and so um, I like watching older matches. I like watching things more on the independent scene and um, international as well. I pull a lot from Japan and Lucha and stuff like that. So you led me right into the place that I wanted to go. Oh, great. Yay. <laughs> so cre creativity, individuality and everything. I mean, uh, just to go off some of the points that you brought up or whatever, I too, um, lifelong wrestling fan and I did gravitate more toward the big you know time shit wwf wcw all the you know mm -hmm. the main brand stuff or whatnot but as i've got along in my wrestling years or whatever i've gravitated more toward the independent stuff and everything because like if they're on wwe tv or whatever or you know one of the big companies i mean the i guess the journey is over for lack of better terms or whatever but like mm -hmm. 
if I'm watching them down in uh, freaking New Texas Pro and uh, right. DPW and all these other stuff, I mean, that journey is just starting or whatever. And that's exciting to watch somebody start from the bottom and then make it over here to wherever their destination is or whatnot. Sure. So, I mean, I, I've really been enjoying that in the latter years of my wrestling fandom and whatnot. But what you were saying about creativity and just nuances to you know just certain moves or whatever um something i we recently watched was a uh, top flight or any combination of a uh, top flight and whoever most recently uh i think it's darius the one that been out the longest just some of the small shit that he does is just cool like um just uh, the way he does a go behind or whatever is different mm-hmm. from everybody else or just the way he comes out of a headlock takeover or whatever it's just those small little bitty things to a simple move is where the creativity lies. Mm-hmm. But once again, wrestling is so vast, so big, so many people doing it right now that we start to see a repetition or a oversaturation of certain moves. And I was oh, wondering yeah. if like some of the ones that you might have noticed, because I could tell you right off the top. Goddamn a Canadian destroyer or any variant there then of is getting used way too goddamn much and it's not ending the goddamn match. (laughs) Right. Uh a set time. Just fame, just throw you back Uh on somebody. Right. Too much. Mm -hmm. Frog splash. Too much. Uh corner cannonball. Too much. RKO or cutter, whatever the hell you want to call it. Too Uh much. Is it just like I don't know. It's just, is there any other moves that you think people are using too much? A goddamn sling blade. People are using that shit too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, all the ones you named, you know, obviously uh, things like a moonsault used all the time. Um, <laughs> double downs are used all the time. Spears. Yeah. Uh, spear. Oh, God. Super kicks. <laughs> Super kicks. I mean, that's... that's I, and... That's almost like uh, throwing a punch now. So, it's- But it wasn't. And see, that's the thing. That's the disconnect I feel like there is in wrestling is what I mentioned earlier is that it, it's so fast paced on these major networks now that it's mm-hmm. just like you have to outdo spot after spot after spot after spot. And it's just boom, 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 boom. Whereas a super kick. A DDT, you know, uh, they were finishers. These were all finishing moves. These ended the matches. And now you get five, six, seven super kicks in a single match because they have to go on to the next thing. It needs to be more intense. And for me personally, it's not this way for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I love high intensity wrestling as well, like Lucha. Like, I think it's brilliant. I love it. But I think as far as wrestling as a whole there's a disconnect where we forgot chain wrestling and grappling Mm -hmm. we forgot what that was and how important it was to wrestling for the setup for these spots that instead of studying people like well bret hart kurt henning william regal uh johnny johnny saints one of my personal favorites for chain wrestling instead of studying these older um wrestling techniques and methods we're watching WWE and AEW where it's just like boom, 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 boom. And you see that reflect in the indie scene where all of these once match ending moves are being used constantly because 
they don't know how to grapple. They don't know how to chain. They don't know how to work the psychology. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so that's what that's part of the reason that I, I don't watch a lot of the current stuff. And I go back to the old school stuff because if you can get a pop like Bret Hart can off of a headlock, you know you're doing something right. Because at the end of the day, yeah, you can do a moonsault, you can do, you know, shooting star press, you can do all of these incredible moves. That's wonderful. And there are times to use them. Mm -hmm. But if you can get the same pop from a headlock, that's that's mastery. That is mm -hmm. mastering wrestling. That is knowing when and where to use the moves. Everything has a place. You don't have to do the biggest, best bing bang things every single match because one, it loses the 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 spot loses its integrity if you're mm -hmm. doing it all the time it's like eat it's like okay i love cake i love sweets have a piece of cake happy mm -hmm. if i eat a piece of cake like three times a day for a week i'll be sick of cake <laughs> i gotta I eat know, something I like else <laughs> i gotta eat something else but that's what it is yeah. it's exposure you know and like you were saying the oversaturation in the indies when it's this happening all the time non-stop you see these moves over and over and over suddenly a suplex is like eh or it's like a suplex. You can rock a suplex if you know how to build it into your match correctly. And that's what grappling and chain wrestling is there for. That's what the, yeah. you know, the little in-between that William Regal does, the little cheap heel shots that he does. Like, that's why that's so... And Eddie Guerrero, too. If you watch him, every little thing. And yeah, actually, as a matter of... He's not just a frog splash and the shimmy shake. <laughs> exactly. As a matter of fact, there is one group that I've seen on WWE that knows that and does that and that's kevin owens and Sami Zayn. if you watch them interact every single little thing like even after like you know kevin's knocked out and he's just barely got his little hand up on Sami's boot like the psychology and that seeing that where it's like my friend just killed me but you're still my friend i love you like all those little things everything has a purpose if you know how to do it right yeah so that's what I would say is go back to chain, go back to grappling, go back and yeah. watch these old guys and learn that. <laughs> I, I think a lot of the the most egregious of these uh, things uh, happen in uh, tag matches for me. It's just mm. like you do like this whole sequence, you know, super kick, return, super kick, clothesline, mm -hmm. lariat. Then you have both out. Then somebody hit a big move and then a fucking two kick out and shit. I was just like, what? <laughs> Yeah, but I, I sometimes I don't get it. But like in tag matches, it kind of takes me out of it to where like you go through this big sequence. Even like say you get a two on one advantage, so you know a team has an opponent. They freaking they do a double team move on them, uh -huh. and then their partner comes in, get the other guy out of there, and it's a daggone kick out. I was like, two people just did a move on one person. Why is that person not down for a three count? You mm -hmm. know, and that's psychology. Then, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's, it's like I can psychology. understand it. Yeah, I can understand it. One person, you know, one on one, you might have like a little bit of, you know, a little get out or whatever. But if two people do a, a move on one person, that person shouldn't be getting up unless they get saved, which they right. don't do a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, that's psychology. You know, it's half psychology, half selling, mm -hmm. you know. And again, it's um, 
I tie it back to the trend that is wrestling right now where it's so high intensity. It's like, okay, I just took a suplex, but now I got to go do this. And now I got to go do that. It's like, yo, you just took a suplex. And I know from personal experience, like that ain't nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Like that ain't nothing. I mean, sure. You like, yeah, you'll get up, but like respect the move. Like, you know, you're hurting. And that's why we have so many or I feel in my personal experience. That's why we have so many wrestlers, especially on those big promotions that are hurt so much so young. They are putting so your body only has so much mileage when you start, no matter what, like no matter how healthy you are, like whatever you do to it, take your supplements. That's great. Like do it for real. But you're still only going to have so many so much mileage. You're only going to be able to take so many bumps. So the fact that you're taking five matches worth of bumps and spots and like all this in one match, like that's going to add up real quick, especially if you don't have that chain in there to reset your form, especially when you're young, like on the indies and stuff, when that's not second nature to you and you haven't mastered yet, it yet. It's another thing that chain is for. It's like, reset yourself, reset yourself for a minute. How's your ankles feel? How does your shoulder feel? Like get back up in there and like reset yourself. That way you're not rolling your ankle. That way you're not snapping your wrist. That way you're not, you know, it's like that moat, that split second where you can get back and just center yourself. Okay, valid points there, young person. <laughs> but why the hell is we one year in and we doing death matches and shit, huh? Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I've I've done uh I've done hardcore matches. Uh, okay, okay. A few hardcore matches, but I personally have chosen not to do death match until I've gotten enough experience under my belt okay. where I am completely comfortable in the the ring because I feel that death match is an advanced form of wrestling and oh boy. it is right Mm -hmm. because like you said earlier you take a power bomb you give a power bomb a lot of mechanics to it you want to do that on glass you want to put someone through tubes you've got all that mechanics plus all of this mechanics over here on how the glass is going exactly (laughs) that's why it's an advanced form in my opinion so yeah uh it takes a little bit more experience to do full-on death match and i'm i'm happy to wait keep everyone safe at the end of the day that's that's my mission so yeah that's Mm, that's that's some scary stuff i've watched it and it's just i've seen it live and i just like i don't i don't understand but hey different you types know what you do yeah, yeah i mean they take the all the little skewers and they bop them in the head or whatever yeah. like my acupuncture <laughs> yeah see you do acupuncture you know take some skewers to that it's fine no <laughs> uh, no nah, nah, that's okay um out of all the things that you've been going over and watching and whatnot uh what 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 has a uh, because we we just getting into 2023 so i mean i guess mm-hmm. of 2022 i guess what was what has been your match of the year or your performer of the year or anything like that well on <laughs> this is gonna sound really silly on the major promotions, my mm-hmm. favorite match of 2022 was at WrestleMania. And it was, it was the match with Sami Zayn and the yes. guys from Jackass. <laughs> yeah, y'all, that's a good pick. That's a good I pick. I loved that match so much. And again, we were talking about scoop slams earlier when we man scoop slams. Oh, I lost yeah. it. I lost it. Um, that was my pick. favorite major match. Um, as far as on the indie scene, uh, I think my favorite match, and you're probably not going to like this because it was a death match, but it was on ICW. I think it was um, in LA and it was mm-hmm. Eric Ryan and Homeless Jimmy. And they had like a shopping cart uh, type thing because that's Homeless Jimmy's gimmick was the shopping cart in the match. Um, 
that was an incredible match. If you want to watch someone in really skilled at selling and just really nice form and technique, Eric Ryan is, uh, he should be talked about more. <laughs> He's notes. very good. He's very good. Yeah. So Eric Ryan and Homeless Jimmy is probably my favorite Indies match of 2022. Noted. I, I, will, I will keep that in mind or whatnot. Because I'm always looking for something different to watch or whatever. Because, like, man, uh, opening my eyes to something that's, you know, not the mainstream, like the WWE and all that other crap was, mm -hmm. like, a breath of fresh air. I, I saw, like, my first legit indie show back in 2014, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it was like Jordan Grace, like super young, yeah. I think like 18 She's years awesome. old or something. I was like, what? I said, she got something. I like her. And then here she is today, freaking yep. women's, well, former women's champion. Now, spoilers for people who didn't watch the Hard to Kill pay-per-view. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I like, I like that shit now. Ever since that, because like I seen her like in the beginning and mm -hmm. to see where she is now, I, I just like, I, I like that shit. Well, yeah, I mean, they just, at the end of the day, people are more, they're allowed to be more creative and be themselves and really be able to embody their character and what they're doing because they're the ones that came up with it. You know, you don't have a billion dollar corporation telling you, all right, you need to do this, 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 you're signing this name over to us. Like you can't do this, this, this on TV, you know, mm -hmm. like they just have freedom. They have freedom to be creative. Like that's what got them to the point that they're at anyways. That's the silly thing I think with uh, WWE nowadays for me, like, and being an Attitude Era kid, like, yeah, they had more freedom. They could get more crazy and rowdy and loudmouth and all that stuff. But even before, you know, they had a little bit more flexibility. And nowadays, you get these amazing up-and-coming, like, workers, right? They get heat, 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 boom, 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 boom. They get there. They get signed to WWE. And WWE is like, all right, so we're going to call you this. You're going to wear you go. this. You're going to look like this. It's like you're taking away all the things that got them to the got them to you. That doesn't make sense. Like, mm -hmm. and you got all these like, God, so many workers where it's just like enough with yeah. the gimmicks. It's not working. Let them go. Let them run free. Like, let them go because it's just God. How many times can you repackage something and you're still not getting it? Like, you're still mm -hmm. just not connecting with what they're doing. So, so yeah. I, I I go through this ordeal. Once weekly on RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk, the other podcast that I do. I mean, despite all the wrestling talk that we've done here today, this is not a wrestling <laughs> podcast. But it's me with those same ideals for the most part, you know, kind of preaching to my co-hosts who kind of they like all that shit that you just said. Kind of like. Oh, well, good. Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just like I've seen people. Before they got to the E or, you know, a major company or whatever, do all this amazing stuff. And I, I tout them. I'd be like, hey, you need to look at this person. You need to look at this person. Mm -hmm. And then when they get there in front of their eyes, because that's the only thing that they watch and they do shitty or as a departure from what I told them, it's like it's making me look like a liar. And I was like, but please believe me, they can do better than this. I know. <laughs> you know? That is the struggle. I was like, yeah. man, but. Uh, I know NXT has gone through a whole metamorphosis and a change or whatever, mm -hmm. but like my one bright spot and my guilty pleasure over there is a uh, Grayson Waller. I like that dude. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. 
<laughs> Grayson Waller. Waller is baller, baby. And I hope you win the damn title off a of boring ass Braun Breaker or whatever. Who started right. out really well, but just kind of fell off a motherfucking cliff. I don't know what you happened. Know, I th- I think that says something to the workers that, you know, that are in the development programs like NXT and stuff, but also that are on like already signed to like the major like primetime slots. If they are able to shine despite being like, that's how it is now. Whereas before it's like you're shining because you're on WWF, you're on WCW, like you're on Mm -hmm. now. It's like you're shining despite the fact that you're on WWF. You know, despite all these restrictions and all these things that they put in place where it's it's harder to be creative. If you can shine through that, I mean, probably going to get a greatest of all time sticker on your, you know, history book mm-hmm. right there. Because it's it's more difficult to do, I'd say, now than ever. Word. I mean, just chatting with you and everything and just hearing your views and thoughts about uh, professional wrestling or whatever. I mean, I can feel your passion and everything because you... You've only been doing it for a year. You, you've been training for a short time, but you've been speaking with the wisdom of a veteran that's been doing this for like 10, 20 years and shit. So, I mean, kudos. Well, I'm you. glad I fooled you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> 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 Thank but, you. I appreciate it. But outside of professional wrestling or whatever, I mean, I mean, you got the music thing and everything. I mean, <sighs> rewind it back a little bit. How does a, a young lady mm-hmm. as nice looking and attractive as you want to get into something as ugly as professional wrestling? Because <laughs> um, like, I mean, it, it's just like, I look at it like I watch UFC and all these other things like that, combat sports and shit where the, people are getting paid to punch each other in the goddamn face. And I, wrestling is along those lines. I was like, you don't have to do this, right? <laughs> so why no, you I your face get beat up, you know? <laughs> Um, I just think certain people are called to certain things and we all have places in this world and we all have purpose and I do it because I love it. I really do. There's just something magical about getting in the squared circle, having all those people, those, you know, those fans, the little kids cheering for you or booing Mm. for you, you inspire them to feel something outside of their day outside of their regular like 24 7 9 to 5 jobs or whatever you know and there's something really special about that there really is wrestling when you boil it down it's just magic and i love magic look at me i love it (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah i don't know some people are just built for it i guess and I just love doing it, you know. The face yeah. and all that, that's just a side. That just happened. That was kind of out of my control. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, get get what I'm Good getting. Job, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> word, word, word. So, I mean, that being said, being an attractive young lady and everything and in being in this professional line of work that you do or whatnot, I mean, do you feel like any being pressured or anything to like, I don't know, to prove people wrong or whatever. It's like, I'm not just a pretty, you know, short oh, yeah. young girl Absolutely. or whatever. It's just like, hey, I'm here. I can fuck you up. <laughs> 120,000 million percent. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially here in the South where things are a little bit slower as far as yeah, progress goes. I know. You know, um, when I first started training, people would compare me to Alexa Bliss, Sable, Trish mm. Stratus. 
And I got so fed up one day at practice, I turned around and I said, look, I may look like Sable, but inside I've got the heart of China, okay? So that's who I wanna be. I wanna be able to wrestle anyone that I want to. I don't care about their gender. I don't care about their size. I want to get skilled at this. Like I don't wanna, and that's the thing in the beginning, everyone would be like, oh, you're gonna go so far. You've got to look like, you've got such a look, like look, 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 look. And by the end of it, people are like, you're mean. Like, you're mean. <laughs> I was like, you damn right I'm mean in the ring. Like, we're fighting. Like, what you expect? A little handstand, a little flip. No, I'm going to take you down. Like, we're Word. in here to fight, not, not look all pretty and like prance around. Some people are, and that's cool. And like, you know, there's a lot of grace. Like, you can get people like, um, like Toyota, like Japanese wrestling, and she is an incredibly uh, oh, athletic, yeah. agility, beautiful, gorgeous. That's a mate. Like, I respect that. I'm more of like Akira Hokuto, where I'm going to go in there and like messy or Aja Kong. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to start him, people. <laughs> so, you know, to each their own. You know, that's a great thing about wrestling, too, is it's so broad that everyone can, everyone that has that passion for it can find their place in it, whether yeah. it's in the ring or outside, managing, announcing, referring, whatever. Like, there's a place for everyone that has that passion for it. Interviewing, like, you know, doing podcasts for it. Boom. Right there. <laughs> Word. And then you like you don't feel like anybody been you know treating you a certain way because of you know your stature or whatnot because like I know personally like right now as we speak uh what's what's that I think they up in New York or somewhere in that area Battle Club Pro Wrestling uh there's a young lady there by the name of a uh, Cosmic she just won one of the championships there uh-huh. I trained with her uh-huh. when I freaking uh you know when i started training and whatnot and i remember the first day she walked in there and i was just like oh it's like because i've been wrestling with guys big burly men slamming me all over the place and throwing me all over the place and this you know dainty young lady came up in there and i'm just like you want me to do what with her yeah (laughs) you know and uh we got into the lockups and everything and i can remember this vividly she she was like uh fucking fight me damn it and i was like yep. oh shit you know that's like, my girl you know, i don't even know her but that's my girl <laughs> you know yes. it was just it was just a real same, experience because I, I had was the like, same experience yeah mm-hmm. i mean you know working with my guys because i was basically the only female there uh working with big dudes like we get in the ring and we'd be practicing like chops we'd be practicing mm-hmm. chops and then they, they'd be like all right practice a chop tell me that <laughs> Well, there is technique to it, right? Because you don't want to break your hand and you want to make sure you're hitting the person in the right spot. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there are different ways to chop, too. You can do it, you know, flat on and go across. You know, some of the old school guys like to do more of a cup. So you get that air pocket in there. And there's there's differences for everything. But I I stand corrected. Let me tell you something. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I remember the first time we did that and the guys were like, I I I, can, I don't want to do that with her. I want to chop her. Like, why? Why don't you want to chop? Well, I don't want to touch her there. I'm like, first of all, you ain't touch me anywhere. We're yes, chopping. Chest. It's There's different. Ch- chest right I get, here. And then they're like, I don't want to hurt her. I'm like, you either chop me or I'm going to chop the shit out of you. And I would, too. Mm. Like, if they wanted to keep up with that, I would go in there and chop the crap out of them to the point where they got so mad they forgot I was a woman. They got in there and they started chopping. (laughs) Sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you got to get them angry where they forget, you know, because at the end of the day, like, there may be different sizes, like, 
size differences that you have to accommodate for as far as your technique goes. But mm. we're all wrestlers when we get inside that ring. True. Like all of that other stuff goes out the window. We're in there to do our job, to not die, to entertain yeah. these people, and that's it. So gender and all that stuff. And oh, I don't want to. And I, oh, can she do this? Can she do like I'm in here, mm. aren't I? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So I applaud Cosmic or um, whatever the worker's name was that you were referencing just a few minutes yeah. ago. Because, yes, you either hit the shit out of me or I'm going to hit the shit out of you. And if you don't hit me hard enough, I will definitely hit the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's, it's good to see you, like, like, pretty much from starting out to, like, now she's a motherfucking, motherfucking champion and shit, That's you know? Great. Just... Yeah, champ. All right, all right. Well, shit. I mean, we. I mean, as soon as I you got on or whatever, we just got to talking and everything and whatnot, and we've come to the end of the road and whatnot. Uh, let everybody know who you are. <laughs> can find you on social media. Sure. Hi, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else. My name's Angel Metro. I'm a professional wrestler. That's who you've been listening to for the last hour. So if you're still here, thanks for listening. Now she's just a librarian. We were just talking about wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Some, just some person he found like off the street asked if I want to talk for an hour uh, no <laughs> but you can find me on Facebook Twitter Instagram it's all under Angel Metro um, YouTube as well under Angel Metro you can find my uh, match schedule you can find my merch all of that at angel metro m-e-t-r-o dot com um, I'm pretty accessible so yeah just type me into Google or whatever social media platform you use and I'll pop up Young Metro don't touch you. She's going to shoot you. (laughs) (laughs) Word. And as it is for every guest of the Random Rounds with Rob, you're freaking welcome to come back anytime to promote your next big thing or just to shoot the shit. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. Word.